What is happening, beautiful humans? My name is Darius, and you are listening to episode 223, 223 episodes. Wow. And on this episode, we have a very special guest, my dear friend Tim So today. Uh, on the podcast, I learned how to properly say his name, and I think I might never forget it. It's really cool. But more than how to pronounce this beautiful human's name, we dive into an area that has quite honestly radically changed my life. It's a way of processing thoughts and feelings, and it's honestly um, quite an amazing communication tool that I use every single day of my life with my partner, with my business, with my friends, with myself, most of all. I think you'll like this podcast, episode 223, coming at you. No clue what we'll podcast on, (laughs) but... We shall podcast. Yes. Mostly because I already hit the record button. Yes. So this is the podcast. Great. And this is us talking about not knowing what we're going to podcast about. (laughs) How do you feel about that? I feel wonderful about it. I feel like my whole life is all about not really knowing about what the next move is, but being super cool with it. You know, your whole life, not my whole life. That's a, that's a exaggeration and a huge lie. (laughs) <laughs> but but it's definitely a practice I'm getting better at and and also inviting into my life. You know, we have these parts of us that are always like, oh, what's the next move? What do we do? What do we talk about? We got to know, like we always got to know, right? And I've been really practicing just not knowing and just understand seeing what comes and what, what falls into awareness. And just taking that step. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Maybe we should tell people who you are. <laughs> Just an idea. Yeah. I'm open. If you hate it, we can throw it out. Right. Yeah. Well, my name is Tim. Okay. So today. And Hold on one more time. Yeah. Tim. So, so today. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry, where are you calling from? <laughs> uh, on behalf of the Toronto Star, mm. from Innovative Visions. Nice. Mm. Yes. Okay, we're on a radio show right now, live. So. Oh, yeah, I'll call back. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Man, yeah, I catch telemarketers and they'll just go with me, bro. Right. They'll try to sell everybody on it. So we don't need any Toronto Star. Back yes. to your name. Yeah. So my name is Tim. So today. So today. Yeah. That's kind of rad. Yeah. Yeah. It's and they're present. <laughs> <laughs> and what do people need to know about you, Tim? So today. Um, that's a good question. They don't really need to know anything about me, but I'd like to, I'd like them to know something about me. What's um, that? I'd like them to know that I am a human being. And I enjoy the discovery of human beings. 
Yeah, really. And I think that's how we connected. Actually, we just through a mutual friend, Mitch Stern, shout out. This podcast is sponsored by Station Cold Brew. Every <laughs> podcast I ever do is is sponsored by Station. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think when we met, we had an instant kind of realization and connection of like, whoa, we're do- we're talking about the same thing here. Mm-hmm. We're like, we've our personality systems and how we view our minds and self were pretty much the exact same thing. And I had never like really come across anyone who has had this realization within their own life. Um, and I, I came across it through a therapeutic modality called internal family systems. You came across it through your own internal discovery and what just ended up unfolding for you, which was a huge, just like it astonished me, you know, it was like, what the hell? this is crazy. <laughs> so I felt like, you know, it was kindred spirit right away. So brother in <laughs> me too, man. Uh, yeah. Mitch, like basically, uh, what's it called? Uh, connected us. Not connected. What's the dating version of it called? Match made. <laughs> match, <yeah. laughs> Bro match made it us. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to love this dude. <laughs> and he was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, break down. Like, so what are you doing with your days? Mm hmm. Good question. Um, well, so I still run a uh, organic bone broth company called Broya. And so I do a little bit of that still, but I'm very much have scaled down the operations of that and just kind of managing it as it kind of is going. And so that's about, you know, a quarter of my day, a little less these days. And um, the rest of my time is really talking to people about what I've discovered here, you know, and what I feel as though is, is an important, um, important way of looking at what's going on within our minds and and who we are. And that's through the lens of internal family systems. So internal family systems is a therapeutic modality. It changed my life. I started to see an IFS therapist about four years ago. And really after the first session, it was very clear to me that this was a lot different than what I thought therapy was. Um, it's clear to me that this was actually an internal discovery that, you know, um, that we are with all the time, even outside of therapy. And it's been incorporated into my life, into my meditation practice, into my relationships, into my just day to day being of who I am and what's here. So can you break down what you thought therapy would be like Mm -hmm. and then what uh, internal family systems, IFS, Mm -hmm. was actually like? Right. Yeah. So I thought therapy would be like I go to this guy who's a therapist and he tells me after I tell him all my problems, he tells me exactly what's wrong with me in a way that I didn't know before. And he would have the solution to all my problems And I would go and take those solutions and implement it into my life. And then I would be great. I would be an enlightened being from those, from implementing these solutions. So really to look at it, like what I was looking for was answers outside of me. And what internal family systems was, was an internal discovery of these different 
voices or we call them parts within and the therapist I was working with didn't have any assumptions of what he thought was right like what I needed essentially everything was coming from within essentially every answer I ever needed was within everything my parts needed was just knowing that someone inside was listening and witnessing them and the more I discovered that and the more I stayed with these different parts of me and heard them the more they told me and the more they started to feel a lot better about themselves about you know where they picked up any of these emotions or feelings that weren't serving them we call them burdens and the more i was able to help them release those burdens and go back into their joyful way of being you know because in ifs we believe all parts are amazing and that they come into this life with natural talents and resources for us but when we go through certain traumas or attachment injuries that's when our parts take on these burdens or beliefs about themselves that are not true but they take on these burdens and beliefs and emotions because that's what happened at the time because we're so vulnerable when we're young we absorb these things Mm -hmm. and when there's no one there to hold those little parts of us or little children and whoever's taking on the burden and letting them know that like and giving them the space to you know show them the love and compassion that they need in that moment then they take on those things and they store them into their body and other parts come in and they protect us and then our protectors they kind of lead the way Hmm. so someone's out there listening and thinking why are you one drumming up old Mm. trauma Mm. and two why overly complicate things with Mm. a multitude of voices and selves Mm. that seems like it's going to cause more conflict for me in my life right what would you say to that um so can you just clarify that a bit yeah so I've, I have gone down this path yeah, and I have seen a lot of value, but I'm interested in what you say. Cause I've talked to friends and they're mm. like, why would we go look in the mm. past mm. to find burdens? Right. Just keep moving forward. Right. You know? Right. So what do you say to that? Yeah. Well, to the person who, who is coming from a part of them that says, well, why would I do that? Um, the answer is you don't have to, um, and no one's telling you, you should, um, however, if you're interested to, you know, maybe live a life that's a little more filling, a little more balanced and a little less triggered within yourself, essentially, then this is where you would go and this is where you would start. Because most, or not most, all of our triggers um, are associated with these parts of us that hold the burdens. And those burdens get triggered through life, or those parts are holding the burdens, they get triggered through life despite the parts of us that have been working so hard to protect them. So our protective layers are amazing. They're super strong. 
They allow us to get through life for the most part. And they allow us to get through life in a very joyful way and positive way. And we can have great relationships and do all that. But at some point, those parts holding the burdens, we call them exiles because they're literally exiled away into the darkness of our unconscious. Um, they get, they'll get triggered because life is chaotic and life happens in many different forms and ways. Yeah. yeah. So how would somebody who could benefit from this identify themselves like how mm -hmm. someone's listening they're like is this for me right what mm -hmm. are there clues are the indications that someone could um utilize this to help their lives get better yeah totally i mean i think the first clue is really you know ask yourself if you've ever been humiliated or have ever felt alone or have ever felt nervous or anxious or depressed, any of these feelings, really, you can ask yourself any of these. And has that ever happened to you? I would ask. And most people would say yes. It's yeah. not possible yes. to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can even ask like, well, has this happened to you in the last week? And most people would probably say yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a, what we would call a trailhead you know, a way to start to move into the system um, and to discover where these feelings originated from um, and the parts of us holding these feelings. And yeah, to me, I mean, it's like we go through life and, you know, it's, it's chaotic and it's a nice way to understand ourselves in these moments, catch ourselves in these moments of reaction and instead of acting from these parts we are with them and we can hear them you know mm -hmm. i think you had a really good example in your last podcast that i listened to about the this new idea you were doing and you just broke it down beautifully and how you were with your parts mm -hmm. where i imagine if you didn't have this awareness you would probably be in a more of a it's like an uncomfortable place you know and maybe make a decision that didn't allow for you to go through with something that could potentially help you grow into a yeah or deny mm. the wants and needs mm. of parts mm -hmm. yeah so could you share maybe some practical differences between so when did you start your ifs um personal journey uh, like receiving, yeah, uh, the therapy, yeah, about four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. And so, paint us a picture of what you were like then, mm, and nice. what are the biggest differences between you then and you now? Yeah. So, I was something as I alluded to earlier. There was a lot of searching externally for answers, you know, and there was a big thing for me to. Yeah, I had I had fr I, have, I still have great friends who are inspirational and who do amazing things in life and I've been able to surround myself with them and I would look to them for like hey like you know really almost almost like trying to follow their path in life because I felt as though they were doing it right and that's probably what I should be doing as well. Mm -hmm. So very much looking externally for answers. Um, very much operating out of fear on what I should do with my life, 
felt quite lost, you know, um, felt as though my decisions, big decisions in life needed to, um, kind of be evaluated by those who were kind of supporting me, you know? Um, so was, was there, I'm assuming you felt these things for a while. Yes. And was there, uh, a turning point or like not a turning point, but a, a like a point where you're like, that's it. Enough is enough. I need to mm. go seek help. Oh, um, n not so much for like, those were things that actually I became aware of through the therapy. Like they weren't even things I was aware of before. It was just things I was playing out Got patterns. I was playing out. I started, um, the therapy because like I was just, I'm a, I've always been this curious being of, you know, what's happening inside this mind of ours. And, um, really it was, it was, you know, I, for most of my life I had gone through bouts of depression and then bouts of feeling really great about life and feeling like I figured it out mm -hmm. <laughs> until a week later, I'm like back in this depressive state. So it's, it was always this like ebb and flow of, and quite extreme, you know, it's like pretty much like can't operate for three straight days. Cause I'm just like feeling like shit. Yeah. You know? And then like very excited and pumped about life and, you know, loving it. And it's like, well, what's going on here? This is quite extreme. So it was more of a curiosity that led me to, to therapy. So w with the IFS lens, what do you think was going on with those big ebbs and flows? Yeah, that's a good question. So when our, when our, um, when our exiles, the ones holding the burdens are buried away, our managers come in, our protectors or firefighters. These are two terms for protective uh, break, break behaviors. those down. Yeah. Yeah. So the managers are the ones that help us look good in life. They get things done for us. They try to keep the status quo. They try to keep our system really, um, not getting too disturbed so you know they wake we wake up and we make breakfast and we plan out some things and we you know do different things these are all kind of manager activities um but when our managers feel as though there there's like a compelled behavior behind a part of us mm -hmm. that's when we can start to get curious because that compelled behavior comes generally from protecting a part of us that doesn't feel okay if we didn't do this behavior. So the, the managers are the protectors as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So managers protect uh, exiles. And, and so the exiles mm -hmm. are... The exiles are the ones that are holding the burdens. So they're the ones that are pretty much... Um, so give me an example of an exile that's mm -hmm. holding a burden and a manager. Yeah. Yeah, so... Let's say we were five years old and we, um, uh, that's a good example here. You know, let's say we were five years old, we were in the playground and someone came up to us and said, you're stupid. And the five-year-old really believes that about himself now. And he really believes he's stupid. So he takes that on. He takes that belief about himself that he's stupid and that he's no good. Mm -hmm. So that's a really painful place to be for a five-year-old. So what our parts do is our man, a manager comes in a part that's already there, um, comes in and says, Oh no, like you can't feel this way. That's awful. 
I'm going to protect you. I got you. So whenever a kid comes up to you in the playground, I'm going to scream at them. Or I'm going to say, screw you. Or like, back off. So now you have this kind of um, angry type of protector that's protecting this part that feels not okay or feels like he's a loser, right? So then what happens is that five-year-old part of us gets buried, gets frozen in time, and gets pushed into our unconscious. And then the protector comes in and says, and takes the lead. And that protector is essentially what's going to run our life for that period of time, you know, or until we go back and see this five-year-old. And then so the role of the firefighter? Yeah. So the role of the fire. So, so that would be our manager. The manager comes in and says, you know, we're just going to tell kids to screw off and we're not going to be socially, whatever. We're not going to be super social anymore because in case we get triggered, you know? And I guess there's a variety of different approaches. So like, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the manager's like, we're going to crack jokes and we're going to like not let anyone know that we're hurt. Yes. We'll be the, the joker. Totally. Right. Yeah. Or anger or is mm-hmm. withdrawal a potential manager yeah, move? Yeah. Like not, not going to the playground anymore. Like we're just not going to go there. Got it. Yeah. So I got exile. I got manager. Yeah. And then what is the role of the firefighter? Yeah. So, so if these managers start to run out of steam, essentially what that means is if they're not doing a good enough job because this exile is so hurt, then a firefighter will come in, which is another type of protector, and really, and he, they're very reactive. So they're going to extinguish the pain as quick as possible. Mm. So let's say for okay. some reason or another, this five-year-old went to the playground every time and someone kept picking on him, kept picking on him. And it becomes like literally a traumatic thing for this guy. Um, and those managers who are like, let's just avoid the playground. Let's just avoid people. Um, like they don't, their energy, their behavior is not enough. The firefighter comes in and is like, you know what? We're literally just going to sleep or like we're literally just going to, um, yeah, let's say sleep. We're just going to take longer naps so we don't have to wake up and actually go to the park. Yeah. So that's a firefighter. And then later in life, let's say that five-year-old still holding that. Later in life, the sleeping might not be enough. So the firefighter might, might resort to alcohol, might resort to drugs, mm. right? So it gets more extreme as this exile is is sitting there in that pain. And the more it gets triggered, the more the managers and the firefighters' behavior get more extreme. Got it. Yeah. Okay, I get it in a whole different way now. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. I got it before, but like that was a really clear example for me. Mm. Uh, I didn't understand exile before, I think. Mm, right. Interesting. So... Now I'm just going through my own stuff <laughs> thinking about <laughs> this. So something came up for me today mm-hmm. and I know there's some trigger there for me for sure. Right. And it, as you're telling your story, I'm thinking about exactly that. Like I, I was dyslexic. Right. I, I am dyslexic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that till I was like 30 years old. Wow. But like whenever I like grew up in Canada, but whenever they would do, and I was really good. I think my manager was really good at like sneaking me out of situations where it would show up. Right. Because when it would show up, I would be really, really embarrassed mm-hmm. because I couldn't like spell my name properly mm-hmm. half the time. It was just like, it did, I could write it a thousand times, mm-hmm. but it was just like really hard for me to get. Right. And 
so today I put a post up and I had a, a typo. Mm. And Jen knows this part of me. And mm. she's like, hey, just letting you know, really gently, really mm. Nice. Mm. nice. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And I was in the middle of the shoot. And I'm like, got a lot of stuff to do. But like, I could feel that part get really triggered. Mm. And I've had like really shitty trigger moments before around right. a small typo. Right. And because her and I practice all this stuff, like mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. like more vocal about like, think i said something like one of my parts is Mm. you know i'm trying to be cool about it but he's like really upset yeah and she being the person she is she's like oh you know is your does that part feel embarrassed like what Mm. is you know we had this conversation Mm. about this part i'm like i think i want to uncover more about what was going on Mm -hmm. because it feels like your example of like being terrified to be called up to the board yeah because if there was like the word bike uh, yeah. i couldn't spell it i couldn't like mm-hmm. and in in the the paranoia around it mm-hmm. just made my brain mm-hmm. even more yeah overwhelmed yeah. and so i would just miss school right i would wow. fake illness nice. for weeks <laughs> till the point like the principal's like you're gonna get kicked out of school mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And that would just exacerbate the whole thing mm-hmm. because now I have dyslexia. I'm really like socially anxious Yes, and I've missed the last three weeks of school. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's up. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, I feel like I need to go back and chat with yeah. that part, that exile yeah. as you would call him yeah. and see what he needs because I think his pain holds me back now sometimes right because he needs attention he needs something yeah and he's totally like you said uh trapped in the past yeah yeah and i think there's an opportunity to bring him into this present with the rest of the knees yeah and make him an ally yeah nice yeah it's great awareness it's also um you know, like this is what I love about like how you and Jen have kind of like grabbed onto this model and like you were already doing it, but even like diving deeper into it. But I love like both of you come from, you always talk about your parts as in like you say, yeah, he's feeling this way. And it's a very powerful way of um, relating to our parts because from saying he's feeling this way, it immediately disidentifies with this part as me. Yeah. And it's like a part of me feels this way instead of, cause most people would say, I feel this way in this situation, which is not incorrect, but it blends us more with that part. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big one. So, so you're noticing a firefighter of like, I'm just going to skip school. Cause like, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Or, or also I'm just not going to write the blog post. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do the project. I'm just not right. going to do this thing. Cause right. You know, like, yeah. There's too much potential pain associated to it. Yes. Like I'll, I've had like meltdowns mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. like a typo. Yeah. And I know my writing is just full of them. Yeah. But like there's certain ones that I don't know why they just like, like as triggered as you could possibly get yeah. over a typo. Yeah. So I think there's definitely something there. The other thing I was going to say is, uh, as you mentioned, like referring to our parts as he or she. Yeah. Yeah what I've realized is my photography is actually IFS. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I do. Like I, I coach people to refer 
to the photos. Mm, and sometimes nice. I don't tell them to do it. I'll just do it and then they'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like her. Or I don't believe that, you know, like I like I don't believe her or him or, right. you know, in the picture. So they'll start disassociating. Right. Which uh, allows them to connect with the pictures in a different way. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So I think one of the, yeah, it's one of the powerful things about the idea that we are multiple sub personalities, you know, and that we have these different parts that have different ages, potentially different genders, um, different needs, wants, and desires, and they all live within us. And, you know, we can view them as this, literally this internal family Mm -hmm. and some of them don't like each other. (laughs) And, but when you bring them into a room and you sit two parts that potentially don't like each other together and you just sit there from a place of observation and witnessing and allowing both to take their turn and speak, not unlike couples therapy, (laughs) these parts of us end up having an agreement of how to operate together and they Mm -hmm. can live in harmony because our parts are all very reasonable. It's just, we need to listen. Like the more we listen to them, the more reasonable they are. And there's no like, evil parts there's no. no demonic parts there's no parts that you want to get rid of right if you want to get rid of a part that's another part that wants that doesn't like a part that wants to get rid of them and even the worst serial killers in the world like these are people who have traumatic like just the worst upbringings you could ever think of but yeah maybe this brings it kind of to the, the the other point of what IFS believes in is that we all have a self and this self is just underneath all of our parts and this self is an undamaged essence that contains qualities like compassion, connection, clarity, calm, creativity. I mean, look at a, any, any child that's growing up, any two-year-old or three-year-old, like these children don't have a bad bone in their body. You know, mm-hmm. they have full expression of love and joy and appreciation and creativity and they are a ball of self energy they're the closest thing to self energy because they're coming into this world as self and then when they go through their experiences and life and this stuff that's when they take on the burdens you know and they start to protect so what is the role of the soul in ifs the soul well i mean The soul and the self, I would say, are interchangeable words. Um, They kind of say, you know, the self is what has been discovered in every other spiritual or religious tradition. Yeah. So like in Buddhism is like Buddha nature and the soul and spirit, Christianity kind of thing. So it's the same thing. It's it's. um, Yeah. So what's the role of God? Yeah. I mean, some people might call it God, too. Is the same? It's the same thing. Soul is yeah. God, yeah. They or is that like maybe. just left for the, the person to? Yeah, it's 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 very much dependent on the person's belief system. Yeah. You don't have to believe in anything to believe in the self. You just need to look at a person, who's suffering, and feel a little bit of compassion for them. And if you feel compassion, that's self. Like it's not like you need to be an enlightened being to have self energy either. And that's one of the biggest differences between the self and IFS, and what they speak about as um, I guess non-duality or in, in Buddhism and in meditation or Buddha nature, you know, they, they, um, they believe like you need 20 or 30 years of meditating to get to this point. 
And really in IFS, it's like, well, no, you, it's actually here with us all the time. Like it's accessible to anyone. Mm -hmm. It's, and, and we find that in session all the time. Every time I'm in session with a client and we get to know their parts and we ask their protectors to start to pull back in a very like appreciative way of their roles, we start to ask them like, okay, so how are you feeling towards that part of you now? And it's usually something like, well, I'm just kind of curious, you know, or like I'm pretty open to it. Like I'd love to just kind of get to know it. Mm. And that's a first indication of like, okay, great. There's self in the system. Now there's enough self to bring that towards the part to get curious about what it's holding. And that's when the witnessing process of some of these parts, particularly the exiles can happen. Mm. Maybe last question. Yeah. I always say that is the last question, but, uh, potentially last question. What has got you most excited these days? Hmm. You know what, man? Um, this is a new new path and transition for me out of the organic bone broth business, out of the food industry and into this world. I don't really know what this world is. It's kind of, it's kind of just like a world of, uh, discovery of who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, IFS has been the most helpful thing to discover who we are. But there are so many amazing things out there to help us discover who we are. And that's what I'm excited about is to, is first of all, to connect with all these incredible people who are doing all these incredible things, including yourself, including Jen, and like just the, the, the joy and interest and discovery into this world. You know, and I feel like I'm like hopping into this like wave of, I don't even know. It's like, there's so much to uncover and discover here, you know? And so that's, that's really exciting me the Mm. most. Yeah. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but you are like starting your own IFS practice. Yes. Yes. So you've been studying and practicing. And Mm -hmm. so if someone's listening and is interested, Mm -hmm. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? What would be the next step? Yeah. Um, my website is timso.co. It's like timso.co. Okay. And that's also my Instagram. So you can send me a message on Instagram or you can send me an email. Cool. From my website, tim at timso.co. Cool. And I'd love to chat with anyone interested in this stuff. <laughs> awesome. Before we go, I just want to say, man, it uh, it takes a lot of courage to leave an established business mm, mm-hmm. to chase a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there's there's certainty in that the old mm-hmm. status mm-hmm. and uncertainty here. But mm-hmm. like, I could see the way you light up around this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a feeling you're going to be successful, yeah. uh, holistically successful in this. Mm-hmm. So keep chasing that dream man it's a beautiful thing to witness thanks brother yeah thanks so much (laughs) thanks for being on the podcast i think this is episode two 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 no three oh nice yeah you just missed two 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 (laughs) and we'll catch you guys tomorrow cool much love